Hello, basketball fans, and welcome to the Dave and Dia podcast. Starting at center from Portland, the wily veteran, Dave Deckard. And at guard from Los Angeles, the patron saint of rainbows and unicorns, your podcast MVP, Dia Miller. Well, hello, everybody. This is Dave and Dia, your favoritest podcast in the whole universe about the Portland Trailblazers and whatever else we think up to talk about because it is officially the dog days of summer. Get the flea powder and a tennis ball. We're going to be throwing things back and forth that, uh, you know, we'll connect them to the Blazers, but really in September, it's, it's usually late August, but in September this year, everybody goes on vacation. Very few deals are done. We're not going to see much movement or excitement until the opening of training camp, which, by the way, is not that far away. So we don't, the dogs are smaller. It's, it's, it's more like Dachshund Chihuahua dog days. It's not St. Bernard. But uh, we're going to have some fun in the next month with these podcasts. Anyway, I'm Dave Deckard, here together, as always, with Dia Miller. And Dia, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. We have new internet in my house, and it's supposed to be significantly better than my old internet. However, in the last five minutes that we've been on this call, that has not proven to be the case. So I'm hoping that <laughs> that we're going to be able to keep a connection here. Every time, every time I video call with a girl, somehow she drops the connection. I mean, it's... <laughs> Jeez. Well, we're going to have a lot of time to kill here, Dave, in the, in the next month. We're going to, I feel like, you know, this is this is when people are really going to get to know us. Yeah. <laughs> they happen in For the last four That may be a episodes. bad thing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Behind the curtain of Blazer's Edge and Dave and Dia. And we'll start telling Danny Meringue stories. And yeah. The only Danny Meringue stories I have are fantastic. Well, all Danny Meringue stories are fantastic. That's like, literally, that's <laughs> why I pulled that topic, because you cannot go wrong telling Danny stories. Boy, oh boy, he is not just the life of the party. He is the party. But anyway, <laughs> we'll save that for another podcast when we're more desperate. We did, we did have a few Trailblazers things happen this week. We did. It was a big week for the Trailblazers personally which is maybe fitting for this podcast at this time of year. This is the kind of stuff I live for. This is the kind of stuff that wait, makes wait, me wait. love. F fitting for this podcast? Dia, do you have an announcement to make? Are you? No. no. <laughs> fitting <Nope>. how? <laughs> Those announcements are never being made in my life again. Was there an immaculate conception somewhere? Or No. Nope. Okay. These announcements are never being made in my life again. Okay. Um, okay. Sorry, I just, but you said fitting for the podcast. I'm like, what? Is there something because, I don't no, know? No, because yet? we were talking, because we were talking about how this, we're going to, there's not so much sports news at this time of year. They're going to have to actually hear about our own lives and this is about their lives. So, you know, it was. Oh, if, we if went it, a wrong, long way there. You scared me there for a second. <laughs> well, I mean, that'd be five, whatever. But I mean, wow, that would be pretty brave to announce it first on this podcast and no one's heard it. But yeah, anyway. I'm not getting married and having babies ever again so okay. we're good well, stay, um, stay tuned for news about Dia's personal life as well throughout the summer that'll be great 
Yeah, so this is the stuff I live for. I love hearing about their their personal lives, not in a creepy way, not in an over-the-top information way, but just like in a, I want to know okay. who they are and I want to okay. cheer them on. Basic way. rule, basic rule. If you have to say not in a creepy way, you're doing it in a creepy way. I mean, that- I mean, is there... Anymore, the way that the internet is anymore, I promise, guys, there's 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 news coming. They, not my news, just for the record, since we <laughs> this is a disaster. Um, this podcast, I mean, we usually go off the rails at some point, but I don't think we ever got on the rails. <laughs> I mean, I, I think in. we were like, it's that bad dream where you can see the rails oh, and you try to get to them, I, but there's a river and a, your homeroom teacher with a test that you are going to flunk. That the, the way. Yeah, and, just, and now Dia's internet goes out. Oh my gosh, folks, this is the worst podcast did ever. Did it go away? Yeah, it went away. This is just oh, oh okay. What I was saying. So this is this is real. This is what really <laughs> happens on when it's not nicely edited. When this is this is us. This is pure Dave and Dia life. Anyway, but Josh will still Josh will still manage to make it sound nicely. Oh edited. no, Josh, don't edit that out. I mean, this is just <laughs> we're floundering now. That train. You seen the scene in Polar Express where the train like goes through the ice and like we're not pulling our way out of this one. <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, what are we talking so about? That we're talking about social media, Dave. You just didn't know it yet. The way that the internet is and the way that that social media is. I feel kind of creepy sometimes because I feel like I know these people. I've never met most of them. I don't have actual one-on-one interactions with most of them. It feels creepy to know as much as I do just from the internet, but that's the world we live in these days. That's why I say not in a creepy way. But moving on to the point of this, Damian Lillard got married this weekend to his longtime partner, Kayla congratulations to them. I don't know about you. I'm guessing you were not doing what I was doing. I was watching social media like a hawk waiting for bits and pieces of the weddings. One of the thing or the wedding, one wedding, the, one of the things that um, is a little peek into my past life, I suppose, is that I was a wedding photographer for 14 years, something like that. I had a pretty successful career. I got to travel. I was published. I did really well for myself doing wedding photography. It's this kind of ironic thing because I love a good cheesy love story movie. I love weddings in the sense of like, I want to see what they put together. Like I want to see the dress. I want to see the suit. I want to see the flowers. I want to see, but I also am like super skeptical when it comes to actual weddings and marriage and love. Um, So it's this kind of weird balance, but putting all of that I, I actually, I sense a revenue stream here because I'm a pastor. Like I could line them up and you could photograph them. I am, I am done shooting weddings. We, we can like, I, God, it's I'm not done. something I want to do anymore if I can avoid it. I uh, wish I could be mostly it, done doing weddings. They're a pain in the rear. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, it's something. But I think that love for weddings will always kind of be there after all the years that I spent in that industry. So I was definitely, you know, on, on, on social media, watching as things were coming out. It looked like an absolute beautiful day. Lots of current teammates, previous teammates, NBA players that have never been teammates, maybe one day will be teammates. A few other celebrities, you know, musical people, Common and Snoop Dogg performed at his reception. There were outfit changes, several outfit changes, both on he and Kayla's part. 
it was beautiful from what I could see. And, and it looked like they had a great time and it looked like everybody had a great time. And so congratulations to them. Big news, big, exciting thing. You know, mm-hmm. we always love to see that kind of stuff. Big life change. And for CJ McCollum too, right? So, yeah. So then the follow-up to that is, you know, everybody's posting all this stuff on social media and CJ McCollum posted several pictures of he and his wife, Elise, and she is very visibly pregnant. As a woman in general, you never want to assume that a person is pregnant just by looking at them because you just don't do that until there is a baby falling out of their body. You don't want to assume that they're pregnant, but the post was followed. It it was captioned something about like wedding with little mama or something like that. That was, you know, but still not totally clear, but then it was followed by Casey Holdall, who said that, yeah, you broke up, followed up by Casey, Casey Holdall, who kind of let the, let the cat out of the bag is the wrong. Um, it it just announced it. Announced it. There we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the and then the team officially said something. So I felt like at that point it was safe to say, okay, she she is pregnant. So I don't know how far along. I haven't said anything about a due date or how far along she is. But congratulations to them. Really exciting news for them as well. So yeah, a busy a busy weekend in Trailblazers personal lives that we probably shouldn't know this much about. Yeah, well, I mean, it's. I think if if they announce it, it's okay to celebrate it. It's always a tricky ethical quandary, and we talk about that editorially. That look, people say, "Well, Blazers, it. You just want to get all the hits you can." I mean, we do better when we get views. Yes, of course, and we want to have the most interesting stuff possible. But we do go through several ethical hoops when it comes to anybody's personal life, and uh, there are lots of things that we don't publish, even though you know we see them elsewhere. Basically, we asked, is this germane to our view of a current player, or does it seriously affect how we talk about a past player or a future player? If so, that's probably publishing worthy. Um, But with something like this, obviously, I don't know, it's just me. I don't like reposting everything as it happens, as if we're all sitting there waiting for the next picture and ooh, ah. I mean, that's a moment. They get to choose what to share. They, They get to choose what to share, right? Right. Okay. Right, absolutely. So, sorry, you broke up again there. There are, Your new internet is shiny new. But anyway, like, I feel kind of icky about that because that almost, yeah, it's, it's TMZ-ish. It's paparazzi. But after the fact, when everything's said and done and everybody's made their announcements, I think it's kind of cool for people to be able to celebrate along with. And so we post something after and aggregate, collect it all and say, hey, congratulations. But, you know, it's a weird, people don't understand the intricacies that go into this. And as you and I talk about often, players are, are real people. And I at least believe firmly the players get to be real people and they get to have good moments and bad moments. And, you know, I don't care if, you know, players stuck their tongue out at someone on the corner because they were having a bad day and then just drove off. And okay, that's not news. Uh, There's certain stuff that you do have to publish. It's always with trepidation. Anyway, thank goodness we get to publish something after the fact that's wonderful for both guards, both men. I offer hearty congratulations to both. It's wonderful to have them have been part of the Trailblazers family and hope as their family expands that they will have nothing but joy. Yeah, it's always interesting, you know, as somebody who's been in this world a much shorter time than you, it's always... Excuse me? (laughs) Uh, You better be talking about the media world. You better be talking about the media world. (laughs) Because we're going to have have words now. (laughs) 
yes, the media world. Okay, maybe uh, you could sports, say that. Maybe you're yeah, oh, Lord, okay. Blazers the Edge. I have been here a much shorter time than Dave. Not on Earth. <laughs> that's that's heck? a whole other story. I <laughs> I don't even. Well, you know, as someone who's a lot better looking than Dave, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, it's always interesting to me to watch that process of what do we publish and what do we not. You know, there, there's. Uh, again, I'm. I say this often. I'm active on Twitter. I pay attention to what's being said and what's out there. And there's always, uh, or at least often there's conversation about why we publish certain things and and whatnot and so it's interesting for someone like me who who hasn't been doing this as long to watch the process and the and the thought process behind that i think you can say about any of us that there are certain things that all of us think eh, i wish we didn't have to post this and there are other things that maybe we think man we it would have been fun if we could have talked about this or whatever um but i think at the end of the day we do the best we can to report on what's being said on what's out there and give a a cohesive look at what is being reported and what is going on without crossing boundaries and lines and being creepy. Yeah, well, and that's one of the huge advantages that we have, actually. Again, you want to see inside Blazer's Edge. There are two, really. First of all, this is almost always done in discussion. I mean, the buck does stop with me, and sometimes I have to make a hard call when there's disagreement. But we discuss and we get multiple points of view in there, uh, as, as many as we can manage. And then we kind of assimilate those and try to make a good decision. Usually it's not a decision on completely yes or no. It's how and in what way and with what angle is this important. But also we have a huge advantage in that we do have, look, I don't have to answer really in a specific case to an editor or a publisher or or whatever who's demanding that there be this story at this time or we didn't do our jobs. So we have the freedom to say, you know what, let's make a judgment call that this, while out there and true, is not really of significance to us and even if everybody's going to rubberneck it like they were driving by an auto accident it's not really going to have any ultimate effect on the community other than that moment and let's not do that because i think we just should let that people can get the information if they really want it but we're not going to stop and take pictures of the wreck you know it's it's just We'll we'll hope it turns out well for everybody. We'll pass it by like everybody else and let's get on to more important things. There's a moment in my Blazer's Edge history, I suppose, that has stuck with me. That's been something that really just, I don't know, stuck with me. Um, And I don't want to get into what the story was because it's one of those things you just don't need to dredge back up. But something happened that was controversial with one of the players and it was newsworthy. It was something that ultimately we decided had to be reported on because of exactly what you said. It was going to change the way we talked about certain things moving forward. It had to be dealt with, but it was not a pretty thing. It was messy. It was devastating. It was difficult. And this was a couple years ago, I think. It was when I first started out. And I just remember as somebody who is very, very new to Blazer's Edge, watching you guys theoretically navigate it, even though I was there, I was mostly just quietly watching because I didn't know how this was working at that point. And I just had so much respect for the way that it was handled. You know, it was it was dealt with. It was dealt with very in a very classy way, as much as could be for that certain thing. 
comments were turned off. It wasn't allowed to become a bigger thing than it needed to be. And then we moved on. And I just remember at the time thinking, you know, for somebody who has been iffy about where my place is within media because of certain things I struggle with watching media as a whole, especially sports media and the way that they talk about athletes and things. Sometimes I remember watching that happen and thinking, okay, I'm safe here. I can be a part of this and not worry that they're going to come after somebody or that we're going to like have to do things in a certain way that is unethical or something that I don't feel good about. And that's something that I think is important uh, just for me as, as somebody on the inside of this to say is that, you know, we have a team that's fantastic, wonderful people who really mean well and, and have good hearts and, and don't want to bring harm. We never, I've never seen this group do anything that, you know, just to get to a story or just to get something out first or whatever. It's just always, always done with thoughtfulness. And I appreciate that a lot because I don't think that's always how media is. And I think that Blazer's Edge and and the people who run it, you know, a big part of that is you, Dave, and, and the way that you handle things. I think is is really good and kind and ethical. And I appreciate that. Um, and that's something that I just think I'm always going to take the opportunity to say, because I think that um, more things should be done that way. Oh, well, that's very nice. Thank you. I, so look, the basic root of it is we get to define good in a different way. And everybody has a different definition, of course, but usually you're stuck in the mode of good is getting the stories story out and getting eyes on it and doing your job for the day. And we get to view good in a relational way. What, Like we said, what is the effect on the community? What is the effect on the players? What's the effect on the narrative and the story? And is this important? And is this doing something meaningful? And if we can't say it's important, it's doing something meaningful, that's going to have a lasting, lasting effect, then we just don't publish it. Last thing we want to do is make someone else sacrifice or hurt so that we can get our jollies. I mean, that or even that that's really shortchanging other media so that we can get a job done or a thing. There's no pressure to do that. There's never been pressure to do that. And if there were, we'd, we'd probably argue against it. But we have a wonderful opportunity to define good in, in community senses. And uh, I, I love that. And I'm not sure that I operate real well outside of that framework. I have ethical quandaries. But it is good to have a little place where we don't have to. So yeah. And, and it, go ahead. It's just, it's just, it's a good environment. You know, it's a, it's a fun place to be. And I think we've got good people who are, I say this every chance I get, but we have really talented, hardworking people that make this site what it is. It's really easy from the outside to look at it and have an idea of how things are or how the people behind it are or whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, we've got hardworking, good people doing this. And, and I think that that's something to be proud of. It's something that I'm proud of. I'm, I'm always proud to be a part of this. Well, we're proud to have you. <laughs> well, thanks, Dave. You may not be saying that in an hour when we've completely gone off the rails and don't remember what our podcast is about. And you call me like now, ancient again? I didn't call you ancient. I said, I, I, you just said I've been in the, been on the planet like ninety two years long. I actually you. didn't even say anything about the planet, Dave. I was talking about but as, as, as ed, pastors but like me know what you say and what people hear are often two very different things. Oh, so you got to remember your the story audience. of my life. The story. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no way, dear. Meaning I, one thing, and I, they I, turn I, into something else. I forgive you. Larry Nance Jr., we've talked a little bit about him. I think he's going to be someone we are going to continue to talk about, regardless of how he plays. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. as a human being and as a teammate is exactly what we love as Blazers fans. There was a interview that came out. We talked a little bit about it on, on Blazers Edge. There's there's highlights and a link to it. He talked about how, you know, Cleveland is his home. It's where his dad played. It's where he's lived for his whole life. It's where he wanted to be, you know, all of that. But then when the opportunity came for him to be in Portland, he said it, it was just something he couldn't turn down. He went on to say that Portland is a team that he's cheered for for years in in the playoffs and I always love that I love hearing about players who are cheering for teams especially a current player I I I have friends that you know that are retired players and I always one of the questions I always ask when I get to have interactions with with retired NBA players or I mean even current NBA players but one of the things I always ask is do you still watch basketball do you still enjoy watching basketball? And I, I always ask, you know, was there a team that you used to, like before you played, was there a team you used to root for? Do you still root for teams? You know, I, I always want to know if the teams that they played on had an impact on who they root for. That kind of stuff is just fascinating to me. What I find is most of the guys that I've talked to who have played are no longer really fans of teams in general, um, a lot of them will still kind of keep up with, especially the people that they know that are playing or just the NBA as a whole. Some of them really don't even watch basketball at all anymore, but it's just always interesting to me. And so to hear somebody like Larry Nance Jr., who is a current NBA player on a current NBA team at the time, the, the Cavs, talking about how he was rooting for a different NBA team in the and one that he'd never played for in the playoffs. You don't hear that a lot. And so that was kind of an interesting snippet. He went on to talk about how he knows that Dame and CJ are really the leaders of this team. He doesn't want that's not his goal to come in and be a leader. He just wants to come in and make their lives and their jobs here easier. He made a comment about how he would like to make it so that instead of shooting from 35 feet, Dame only has to shoot from 30 feet, um, which I thought was kind of funny. So yeah, I mean, who, it, who makes, you know, Right. I mean, that's I like think saying, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek like saying, comment. I want to make it like uh, so the kid doesn't have a have to have a full Halloween costume. Just half of one will do, and he'll still get the well, same amount of candy. It's like the kid wants to he wants to right. be Dracula. He wants right. to be Batman. Right. I, think, I think he was kind of making a joke of it. Yeah. I loved this. I loved hearing this. I really recommend going back and reading it. I think he's going to be so much fun to watch not only as a player, but just as a personality on this team, <laughs> I, I think he's going to be such a good fit. And I, I get like, every time we talk about him, I get a little bit more excited. Well, first of all, Larry Nance Sr. was a heck of a player. I mean, this guy could ball. He was he was good. He was solid. I mean, I loved watching him. Not that I'm that old, but I mean, when I was little, right, <laughs> I loved watching him. But also, Larry Nance Jr. is also a ball player. I mean, he's everything you want, he's got. There's not a lot of missing pieces there. Yes, the shooting, and in the modern game, that's a little bit 
you know, of a thing. But look, I, I, I have a hard time. I have a hard time. I mean, the analogy, you won't get this. You can tune out, Dia. But first of all, <laughs> the analogy is like Stu Hart to Bret Hart. And the Blazers kind of got Bret Hart. You know, Stu was the, his dad and was an old time wrestler. And then Bret was like excellence of execution and all that. That's, that's really Larry Nance Jr. And, but by the way, Bret Hart did not do the Shawn Michaels flips and all that stuff. Just like Nance Jr. doesn't shoot the three pointer like a lot of the kids nowadays do, but he's still a really excellent player and will lift up any uh, lineup that he's in, uh, mostly by providing a solid connection on both ends to everyone he's playing with. Is he going to hulk up and take the Blazers to a championship? No. But are you going to be sorry you had him in the lineup or on your team? Also, no. I mean, he's, he's a really good guy to have. We all talk about how much we like certain kinds of players and things like that. And everybody has their preferences and, and what they enjoy. But I love this stuff. I live for this stuff. I think he's going to be just a blast to watch. I absolutely and, uh, do not get your wrestling references. That's okay. Yeah. Well, you'll, he'll be playing center if they trade Nurkic. So you'll get to see a lot of him there too. And, you know. Well, and we've now traded Harry Giles, or not traded, we've let him go. Right, that Um, was happening, yeah. (laughs) It was not a trade. He is going to the Clippers. You know, I noticed that he's been in LA on, because me on social media following, you know, it's what I do. The majority of the people I follow on social media are people I don't know because it's all the players. But I've been following his social media and he, he's he been in LA. I was not thinking too much into it because, you know, stuff's going on here. People are where they are. They go different places during this off season. But then today it was announced that he signed with the Clippers. Harry Giles will be in LA on the lesser of two evil teams. So I was glad he didn't go to Lakers. Uh, I will definitely be going to a Clippers game when, you know, when they play the Blazers, I usually try to go to those games down here. So I'll, I'll be looking forward to seeing him play with the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, he was one of the smart signings from last year. Like, okay, he's, a decent enough prospect and another one of those guys you thought had ceiling and maybe he could be a steal and if he developed might even work his way into a longer term contract with the Blazers didn't even come close to happening and that's a little disappointing but I, I still I'm interested to see I mean but this is this is his shot now he's got it he needs to do something he's got to have some impact in LA which by the way won't necessarily be easy because there are a lot of players ahead of him but I still think he's you know if, if he's at the right situation and a team trusts him enough to give him regular minutes it's not impossible that we could see him become a rotational player personally i would like that because I, I like the guy I like this i like his game it's hard not to dislike him and he showed moments but there weren't near enough of them nor enough opportunities by the way yeah i really like him I, again he's one of these guys that as a person i like him as a player i like him he's fun to watch he just seems like he's always upbeat you know, you don't see him getting mad or, or frustrated the way that sometimes you do. He just seems like he is, he seems like the kind of person that when you are around him, he is always in a good mood. I don't know if that's actually who he is, but that's how he seems. And I like that. And probably what needs to happen for him, everybody gets injured in front of him and he gets pushed into a bigger minute role 
that he might not be ready for right away, but he'd work his way into, and he can he has some time to develop confidence, develop his game, and all that. I bet under those circumstances that he would have a decent chance. But uh, obviously, no team wishes that, nor a person wishes that on any team. Uh, so it remains to be seen whether he can really fight his way into that spot. This is how I know I'm becoming a more mature human being, Dave. I used to only know the Blazers, only know the Blazer players. And when they left the team, aside from Clyde Drexler, who I followed to the Rockets and became a Rockets fan briefly, I didn't really know what happened to them. Uh, they would move on. They would move away from the Blazers and that was it. I was done. How I know I've become a more mature human being is I no longer feel that bitterness <laughs> towards them when they leave. I get excited that they're going to end up somewhere that they're going to fit and I continue to follow them. I've, I've definitely in the last few years become much more of a basketball fan. I love good basketball, no matter if it's the Blazers or another team. And I'm always happy to see our guys who I will always consider our guys going to teams where they're happy and they're, you know, fulfilled as a player. That's one of the things, you know, when the one move this off season that about killed me was Mello going to the Lakers. I legitimately cried for a second, like actual real tears, which really when it comes to me, isn't saying much, even though it's the Lakers and we all know it's my 30th favorite team in the league. He's getting to play with LeBron who he's friends with, who he was, you know, they're the same draft class. And so things like that, when those kinds of things work out, I'm genuinely happy for these guys. And so Harry Giles is another one of these. He wasn't getting the playtime that, you know, I'm sure he wanted that I would have liked to see for him. So I'm happy that he's going to a different team and hopefully he will be able to get some more of that time that, you know, that I'd like to see him get. Well, I mean, first of all, Dia, at Blazers Edge, the Lakers are our 31st favorite team in the NBA. And also, it is a relief to see a person of your advancing age finally getting some maturity. We are glad to see that. So that's wonderful. Well done. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm not that old, Dave. <laughs> it's one to one now. It's one to one. Oh, oh, she's getting ready. Oh, 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 I got I to gotta tell you this, folks, because uh, I can see Tia on Zoom here. The wheels were turning. She was about to fire back. She swallowed it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. In another year, I'm going to get butchered for saying something like that. It's, I, I could see the the wheels going. Here, Here's the thing about me. Since, you know, this whole we're getting to know each other kind of thing. Um, <laughs> well, not we're getting to know each other, but everybody else is getting to know a little more about us. But uh, I am, I actually, I work really hard to be kind. I try really hard to be a positive, kind person. I think I've done it long enough that it comes mostly naturally. I definitely have a rebellious side and I definitely have an ornery side. I tend to be someone, even though you can't tell from this podcast. Because she's all um, rainbows and unicorns, right? Oh, did, did I cut out? Yeah, that's right. I just um, fell into I'm getting good at this now. I can finish, <laughs> We can finish each other's sandwiches at this I point. I don't feel like I trust that you finished my sentence correctly, but I tend to be a little bit, I have a little bit of an ornery side. And even though you can't tell because we record this at 10 o'clock at night, I'm somewhat quick-witted. And so, and I don't think through what I say. If I think it, it comes out of my mouth. 
my mom is a kindergarten teacher and she used to tell me all the time, you know, that she would tell her kindergartners, you have a thinking bubble and you have a speaking bubble and not everything that goes in your thinking bubble should go in your speaking bubble, but I have no bubbles. Everything just comes out. And so I have to work really hard sometimes, Dave, to not just fire. I cannot tell you the amount of tweets that I type and delete, type and delete, type and delete, type and delete, because I don't want to be a jerk, but I also have a little bit of sass that I have to squelch sometimes. This so is, this is, uh, we are coming up, I think this is podcast 43, so about nine more. We will hit season two. And in season two, we're going to get sassy, Dia. <laughs> I'm holding it back. I'm holding it back. It's going to be I like, we've, we got the cake in, in season one. We're going to get the frosting in season two. <laughs> Light up those candles. The, uh, the, the, filling. the filling, the surprise, oh, the, the surprise you didn't know was there. I'm a work in progress. I'm a work in progress. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all? talking about we were talking about harry giles somehow we got here what else we got lamarcus right lamarcus yes so lamarcus aldridge obviously retired last season we had a whole conversation about it health issues heart issues i believe yeah and he has now since seen a doctor who has cleared him i don't know how that all works i don't know if it's something they just i don't know if it's medication i don't know what they're doing to keep it under control but for whatever it is his doctors feel like it is now safe for him to re-enter the nba and so he's done that he's signed with the nets is that that's who he had originally yeah he had played a five games last year right yeah he played five games for him. Uh, yeah, san antonio okay. brought him out so he could go to brooklyn he had five games and then he retired because of the irregular heartbeat because of his wolf bader bayer i forget the bar uh, syndrome the syndrome he had he was diagnosed with that in portland his rookie year i remember when it happened i mean it was a thing uh right. and obviously we were all concerned and you know i'm, I'm not gonna lie to you uh for the last 14, 15 years, I've quietly been offering up little prayers for LaMarcus that this doesn't get worse and that he, you know, that he's able to have a wonderful career, but also more, most importantly, a safe career. He has so far, I mean, and uh, I think it's great that he gets to go to Brooklyn and try to chase a ring because he didn't get to last year. Maybe right. he'll have an encore here and uh, it'll turn out well for him and them. This should be as close as he's come to actually you know, making it. So uh, how big of a role he plays, eh, you know, who knows? But I think that this is certainly a great opportunity for him because he can offer 100% of what he is, but the Nets don't need more than that. Right. Yeah, the Nets are stacked. I mean, uh, that's a whole other conversation maybe for so, a whole So are day, the Lakers. But. I mean, it's, it's, it's that thing where Super Team used to be defined as getting two or three superstars together. That is still true, obviously. But now there's another level to it in that veteran players playing maybe below their contract level, or at least they, if they're minimum salary, they could choose any team, well, 29 teams anyway. So they choose the team that is stacked. That's a whole nother layer of super team. Like you said, the double layer cake, the frosting in the middle, and this mid-level and minimum contract bump is real but that's also frankly one of the ways that you know that a team is is for real i mean it's not it's not an accident that these things are happening and of course la miami there's that advantage but you know what if a smaller team got really good i think they would see some of that bump too so it's another barometer of who's hot in the uh, in the league 
Yeah, and so, you know, he's he's back with the Nets, which for me, I'm glad to see. I don't know how all that works. I was thinking about that when this was happening. Like, if he retires, you know, mid-season, obviously, before his contract and whatever, is he required to come – when he comes back, is he required to pick up with no. that No, so, so here's the deal. Uh, with medical retirement, generally, a team will be on the hook for the player's contract – and then they can apply for a medical exemption, which basically allows them a replacement contract if you know if that, that guy can't suit up. But they're on the hook for his original contract. But when that contract expires, he is free, and Aldridge is on a one-year deal. So he was a complete free agent when he returned here and chose to go back to the Nets. And the same thing would be true if he left again mid-season and came back next season. He could come back anywhere he wanted because he's only on one-year deals. I'm glad to see him go back to the Nets just purely from the perspective of he didn't. they didn't get him for a whole year. They signed him. They didn't get him for a whole year. There's a part of me that likes that like just completion, I guess, feeling like, okay, well, if you're going to come back, you're going back to that same team. That It just feels like it makes sense to me. So. Well, and, and they're looking for that kind of player. I mean, they'd like the Blake right. Griffin, you know, LaMarcus Aldrich. That's the kind of center and or big man that they want. So that's a really good fit for him. If you stick him somewhere else, like Los Angeles, the Lakers, where, you know, they're obviously looking more for shot blocker, rebounder, huge bulky guy, athlete, maybe he doesn't fit that mold as much. So there's a reason that he went to the Nets, besides it being Eastern Conference when he got bought out. It's because they'll use him. So, I mean, all the way around, good move for them, good move for LaMarcus, doesn't mean that he would have been as good in other places. Either way, I'm glad that he's able to come back. I'm glad he's got a second chance. I, you know, I wish him well. I wish him health. Hopefully he stays healthy. I'm hoping that this season is a season of healthiness for all the players because we have not had that, especially in this last, you know, in the condensed season and things like that. It was, it was, it was rough. So hopefully this year, as, as we go back to somewhat normal, we will see the return of a little bit less of that. That'll be interesting. I don't, you know, and I don't think it tips the balance for the Blazers one way or the other. If the Blazers are playing the Nets in the finals, hey, all's good. LaMarcus Aldridge is not going to make that much difference. I don't think he would have helped Portland. I think there's nothing to be upset about as a Blazer fan. It's, this is good. Watch one of your guys go for it. Well, that's, that's all I have. Like you said, you know, it's a shorter, there's, there's not as much going on right now. There's not as much news breaking right now. Um, for the next few weeks, we'll we'll be talking about um, little things, and we'll do a little history of Blazers Edge. Someone requested that. There are lots of things that we can talk about, and you know that's okay. Let people know us. It gives you some perspective for when we really crank up and the season starts again. You're hearing the opinions fly fast and furious, and uh, you know we talk about how much we love Damian Lillard and why and stuff. Now you get some background as to why. So that's you know it works. There's going to come a point where we're not going to have time to talk about our snacks anymore. Yeah, but uh, no, there's always time to. Oh, okay. Uh, a new kind of M&Ms. There was a, we found, and I found them on clearance at the local Albertsons. They're like some kind of s'mores or rocky road. They have like three different kind of M&Ms and they all have like nuts in them or, or marshmallow or chocolate. So there's like, a, I should say one with nuts, one with chocolate filling and one with marshmallow filling. And they're three different kinds of M&Ms. So it's like you're eating some kind of rocky road s'more thing. And they're not the best M&Ms ever, but they're kind of interesting and they make a pretty good snack for like when you're about to go running. So that's my snack news for the week. 
Ooh. That sounds terrible. Wait, wait, wait. I don't I don't want surprises in my M&Ms. I want to know exactly what I'm getting. I don't want nuts in my candy. I want chocolate. Okay, but nuts and when, I don't even like chocolate. Nuts and running though. Nuts and running. You don't wait, stop. Record scratch. You don't what? You don't like chocolate? No, I don't really like chocolate. I like it if it's in something like I can eat like peanut butter cups because there's peanut butter with it, but I will never in my life pick a chocolate bar to eat. It's just not, I don't like like the chocolate, like the chocolate, like the, you know, the cheesy like Valentine hearts with the chocolate. Like I don't like those. I don't like um, chocolate ice cream. Seize candy? Yeah, no, not really. Oh. I, I just, I'm not. Well, and the other thing with C's candy is it's the whole surprise aspect too. Like you never really know what you're getting and I don't like surprises. Yeah, I no. I can't do it. I'm, I'm not, not sure we can be friends if you don't like C's candy. Well, okay, here's how I have to do the mental gymnastics. If anyone ever sends this podcast C's candy, I get it all. <laughs> you get it all. Yeah, okay. Then Except the okay. caramels. You like caramel? I like the caramels. That's going to redeem you. Like especially the salted caramel i don't know if seeds does that but the, the salted whole caramel like is good. okay mm. i have two stories for you two stories okay. okay first of all we have a cash and carry or i think they call it chef's choice or whatever but basically it's a restaurant store by our house and some things are better buys than the normal store some things are not but one thing that is is they have like a five gallon tub salted caramel ice cream like big like you'd find in baskin robbins you know the big thing that those people scoop out of and you get a little scoop you can have the whole tub and it's like 20 bucks which is nothing for ice cream right i mean because you're a quart and a half so there's that's like where do you keep it okay here's i can't do it oh bang my head against the microphone here's another story you remember when i went on vacation to the beach remember that i just a couple weeks ago you know josh was here so i came back and there was this weird smell I'm like, what the heck? Have I just been away from my house too long? Does this house really smell like that? Shoot me in the head. But anyway, I traced it to the garage. I walked out into the garage, and somewhere around day three of my six-day vacation, the freezer broke. No. So there's a big puddle in my garage, and like all my beautiful like chicken that I bought on sale, and several tubs of ice cream, and various oh, ice cream sandwiches and that's stuff. That's terrible. Just nothing salvageable. So like I'm out of ice cream, but I used to keep it there. And oh my gosh, oh it's yeah, lovely. Oh oh, just when you have five gallons of anything, that's a lot of that thing. It's so awesome. Uh, also, the other thing, did I tell you in the milkshake story? I don't think so. Okay, on the way to the beach. Do you like milkshakes? First of all. What's the matter with you? Okay, <laughs> listeners, we're going to freeze Dia out. Dia, just plug your ears. Because I, look, I, I, I told you I, I'm weird this, about food. Yeah, you are. I mean, this is... If we ever met in person, we would have serious problems. We would have... I like, don't really love ice cream in general. I'm picky about that, too. Oh. I just... <laughs> Okay. I wish y'all could see Dave's face. <laughs> well, you'd help me keep my figure. I mean, there's the stat. <laughs> like, Dia, hey, want to go out for ice cream? No. Want some chocolate? No. But, but gummy what worms, do you want for I'll, dessert? Eat, I'll eat pounds of gummy worms. I would like a gummy bear wrapped in a kale leaf, please. Anyway, um, <laughs> so on our way to the beach, we've discovered this place. Okay, it's in Pendleton, which is like not quite halfway, but close enough. And it has quart size milkshakes, quart size, which is like two hands. It's like a big gulp, you know, 
um, of, right. of milkshake, of milkshakes, and they have 4D flavors, and they will let you have any combination you want. So if you want like bubblegum chocolate, you can have that, or whatever it is. You can mix and match their 4D flavors. They will do that for you. You can put, and you, you're cruising down the road with like a quart milkshake. You can't even do it in one hand. You gotta have two hands. And like you're you're with your friends in the car, and you're passing those all around, and it's family, so no COVID, right? But um, but like tasting everybody's milkshake combos. It's just such a, it's a thing. It's like, reminds me of my childhood when, uh, look, I lived in Portland, but my uh, dad's family was from Rogue River, which is down by Grants Pass, right? Right. So, Rice Hill, they have the rest stop with the, uh, and the roadside stop with all the ice cream. Like they had uh, Umqua, I believe, ice cream and all the flavors. And you can get like a thing with like 11 scoops. And I, I loved that when I was a kid. Uh, we didn't get 11 scoops, but we got, you know, stuff. And then this was like it. It's uh, Hal's, I believe, Hal's drive through in Pendleton just makes the whole trip. So anyway. Yeah, I don't, I just can't. I like, I like blizzards. What? Okay, Dia, let's, for some crazy reason, I don't know why, maybe we podcasted in Boise. I have to get you to the coast. We're stopping halfway to eat something. What the hell are we going to get you? Like, Gummy worms. Okay, no, okay, I can do that. I can do that because you know what? The local Winco, bulk. Bulk gummy. It's, okay. But see, I'm picky about gummy worms. Oh, they God. they have to be. <laughs> I'm a lot of fun to do things with. <laughs> you are not a road trip person. I am such a road trip person. Okay, you so have to be here, in charge the of the road trip, though. Like the, nobody can. Okay. <laughs> the ironic thing about this is like. I'm a very easygoing person. I don't have a lot, like I'm easily entertained. I'm easily impressed. I don't require a lot of like pomp and circumstance. Like I'm a very simple person. Like I'm, I'm one of those people that like, I watch people do these like over the top proposals and I want to gag. Oh yeah. Like, not for that. I just, I am very in general in life. I'm very simple. I am very easygoing. I don't, I, I, I can go with the flow, but when it comes to food and even that, like I, I travel with people that eat all kinds of stuff and I can always find something. Like I always work it out. I always figure something out. So even that, like I can figure it out. We, I, I'll be fine. We are going to get Dia a package of that pre-sliced processed American cheese and she can like unwrap those and eat them while we're... No, that's not your speed either. We'll get you some Wonder Bread. No, no Wonder Bread? What, what? the heck? What? Like what? I'm going I as just... plain as possible. <laughs> I, I it's not necessarily that I even like plain. I just am I'm just anyway, I don't know. You can't figure me out. It's yeah, it's, no, it's a it's just bag. a mystery of Dia. However, I am, guess what? I yes. Guess what? Someone like texted me like 15 minutes ago and somehow my talk to text went on. I like looked at the text and like I don't know what I hit, but I have like 18 pages of of text response here of just <laughs> God knows what. It's not even quoting me accurately. It's not even our dialogue. It's like rando words here. If I hit send now, <laughs> I'm like going to lose friends at this point. That's, that's an awkward situation. Yeah, that's just bad. So, I mean, it's just, oh, and my webcam just fell over. <laughs> Look at my ceiling, dear. <laughs> With that, we're going to wrap up this podcast because nothing else could point. go wrong. <laughs> At the, don't say that. Don't say that. That is just the worst case scenario. I was in the car the other day with somebody 
and we were driving and there was no traffic at a time where there should have been traffic. And they were like, wow, I can't believe there's no traffic. And I'm like, you can't say that because now there's going to be traffic. And you know what happened? Two minutes later, so much traffic. Tune in Just next saying. week when we make Dia eat sushi. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yeah. And with that, for Dia Miller, I'm Dave Deckard. We will see you next week. A hater sees an opening down the lane, moves towards the hoop, but then Dia comes out of nowhere to swap the shot attempt away, saying, get that weak stuff out of here. Dave scoops up the loose ball. Now it's a fast break the other way with Dia. She's flying down the court. Dave comes here and out of you. She jams it. Boom, shakalaka. Cloud is on his feet saluting Dia. I tell you, if she isn't the rookie of the year, they really ought to just stop giving the award. What a talent!